there's going to be a good five to 10 year period of time where you're going to spend to do the extra fun things in life. You just want to make sure your plan accounts for it and your plan can support it. That's the the key part. Will your plan support the lifestyle that you want to live in retirement? Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. It's another edition of the Your Retirement Elevated podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Dugan, co-founder and managing partner at Elevated Retirement Group, serving you in the KC metro area, but with clients all across the country. You can find us online by going to listentoscott.com. Scott, great to be with you once again this week. How you been, sir? Been great. I am super excited that we are into spring and um, ready to be through the cold weather. Yeah, I know you. Uh, you know, has spent the last several months doing some indoor projects and kind of fixing up the new house and those kinds of things. Are you going to turn your attention now to the outdoors? Are you an outdoorsy gardener, spend time outside, landscaping kind of guy, or is that pretty much not something that's up your alley? Not up my alley. Yeah, um, I'm definitely handy. From you know, outside of construction background, In, inside uh, the walls, <laughs> inside the walls, I can do things outside. But as far as a green, you know, green thumb, definitely not my uh, my cup of tea. Once it's beyond the deck, then you're you're like no no thanks after that. Yeah, I tend to focus on my smoker, my grill. Those types there of things go. are more my speed. That's uh, a, that's not a bad skill to have right there. No, and I spent a little bit of time over the pandemic. The good thing that came, one of the good things that came out of the pandemic, uh, Jennifer and I realized we went out to dinner a lot. I said it's because I hate doing dishes, and ultimately that's why I learned to cook in the first place. So I figured, hey, if you cook the meal, somebody else has got to do the dishes. <laughs> and so kind of operated under that that belief for a long time. But I have, you know, did that work out for you? Skills. Is that philosophy true? Uh, it has, yes. Oh, good. It All has, right. yeah. Nice. Unless you're a bad cook, then nobody cares. <laughs> so you got to be a good cook. That's how you so uh, gauge how good the food was, how many people jump up to volunteer to do the dishes, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and and a lot of people, actually Jennifer printed uh, in our last newsletter just things about me that people probably didn't know. And so going back 20-plus uh, years ago, I came to a crossroads where I kind of had a chance to go down a different path uh, from a career standpoint. Because I moved back from the Pacific Northwest, I was working at a health club in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, managing that. Looked like there was going to be some ownership there. Super excited about that. And then the gym burned down and the insurance company did not pay. So it was this long protracted deal. And I had come back from the Pacific Northwest and I thought, this is it. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be in this industry. And then, you know, six, seven months in, it's gone up in smoke, literally. Wow. And I was without a job for the first time. Um, I was actually went back and was roofing houses with my high school shop teacher. Because that's what I did through high school and college to make extra money was we do construction projects uh, with him along with road construction, all those things. And... This is just a way to, you know, basically make money, keep food on the table. And I thought, you know what? I've always wanted to be a chef. I had got all the material. I was seriously considering going to chef school. 
my buddy calls me up and he goes, Hey, I've, I've got a job with this company. Uh, you ought to come interview. I know you're going to go to chef school. Maybe you can, you know, it's not going to be till next semester. Why don't you come down, maybe make some, you know, maybe you can make some money during that time and then, you know, go do what you want to do. Well, that was 20 plus years ago. I went to that interview and never left the financial services industry. And looking back, uh, I probably wouldn't make a great chef. Those hours and, you know, those types of things, maybe a good owner of a restaurant. Uh, But I was definitely geared to be more of a business owner. So I, I prefer that my hobby be cooking, not my vocation. Fantastic. What a neat story to learn about you. The uh, twists and turns that led you to the financial industry are a bit unique. That's pretty neat. Uh, absolutely. And so no one would ever assume that I you know, was almost a chef, went down that path before I got into financial planning. So here we are talking about this is why you never should assume. That's right. Yes. Like I, You like how I turned yeah, that right in I knew in you there, were going to do it. You, you did my job. <laughs> I didn't have to do it. You had the segue uh, all, all planned. Yes, we're going to talk about things you should never assume in the financial world on today's show and uh, a great lead in for us real quick before we move on Scott give us your number one thing to grill or sm- or smoke what's your go to definitely more of a so this would be my best tip for anyone the the reverse sear of a steak mm. is probably the best trick that I've learned for cooking the reverse steer Reverse sear, sear. I'm S-E-A-R. sorry. Okay. Uh-huh. And so I did it last night. Um, I actually had a piece of venison, two pieces of venison that were cut into little fillets, uh, 225 degrees uh, on the smoker until they get about 10 degrees towards your finished temperature. And you take that off. And I have a cast iron skillet that I put on an outside burner, get it blazing hot. And that goes into that skillet for 45 seconds to a minute each side, puts an unbelievable crust on the steak. The center is perfect, oh. and that is my party trick for sure. So you, f- you finish it on the skillet? Yes. Or you can do it on a super hot grill, um, like a searing station type of thing. But mm-hmm. that reverse sear, it just low and slow. It's perfect and Everybody is always impressed, no matter who I bring that out on. Huh. Well, I'm gonna have to try that. You should this weekend. It will be it will be experimented with. Report back, please. And <laughs> just remember, it's got to be a cut of meat at least an inch and a half thick. Okay, got to use something. Can't be thin. A good piece of meat. Yes, okay. absolutely. Good. Good. All right. Take, there you go. Go. I, have, I, think, I feel like we have a new segment that might be popping up on the show, Scott. Maybe at the end of each show, we do like Scott's cooking tips, and that's you can leverage your hobby and what what once could have been your career into some good little tips we can uh, you know drip out there every once in a while. I would love it. Right. I love All it. Right. All right. We'll have to plan <laughs> that for future episodes. Very good. All right. Well, we're going to talk about as you mentioned and segued into beautifully the things that you never assume in the financial world, especially as you're preparing for retirement. Let's keep that as our as our guide and our focus and sort of our perspective on the show today. Uh, one thing on the list, and by the way, these are these are common things, right? Like people walk in with kind of the wrong assumptions all the time, Scott. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And that's the first thing we do is help people dispel those myths that they picked up over time. Okay. And so here's one I'm sure you're dispelling all the time is when folks say, you know, I assume I'll spend less when I retire. 
Yeah, and and I think that's brought about because you, know, you see those TV commercials depicting the perfect retirement. You know, people are traveling, playing golf, buying stuff for their grandkids, taking cruises, and those are all fun things. But none of those activities are free, and there's a good chance, especially in the first five to ten years of retirement, that you're going to spend just as much money as you did before you retired, and so and maybe more. And so going into that, you know, some people, they are very fiscally conservative. And I've got a couple of clients now that right off the top of my head that when they retired, they just wanted to be around their house. They didn't have great dreams of traveling, doing things. They just wanted to spend time in their home that they'd worked extremely hard on over the last several years. And they just wanted to enjoy it. They wanted to enjoy their time. And that's fantastic. People that want to get out and do things, maybe they've got this bucket list, and it's going to take some take some funds to do those things. You definitely might be in that category. For the most part, there's going to be a good five to 10-year period of time where you're going to spend to do the extra fun things in life. You just want to make sure your plan accounts for it and your plan can support it. That's the, the key part. Will your plan support the lifestyle that you want to live in retirement? It's a great, great question, a great one to start us off with, because it's also one of these things that may have been true back in the day that just isn't safe to assume anymore. And that one, definitely, I feel like the gap has widened over time between what it used to be like, you know, maybe you could assume that sometimes to where it is today, where that's really not a, not a safe assumption to make. Uh, another good one would be, Scott, I assume my taxes will be lower when I retire. And if you retired in 2018 or beyond, that's true. But that's very rare, and that's the first time it's happened in 33 years. Okay, so don't bank on it because most of us saved money in a 401k or an IRA, and when that money comes out, it's taxable. And when you take your Social Security, it's partially taxable. Up to 85% of it shows up as taxable income. Even though tax rates are at historic lows, is it possible they're going to go up in the future? And I think right now, that's definitely possible because 76% of the federal budget is allocated to, quote, entitlement programs. And if entitlement programs continue their current rate of growth in less than 10 years, those programs require 92% of the federal budget, meaning the tax dollars collected from all of us. So what choice does the government have at that time If almost 92% of the federal budget is going to Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, government pensions, they've got to have revenue. They've got to have fuel for those programs. And that fuel, that money, those tax dollars come from us, the people that have saved money for retirement or are in retirement. I think that one's uh, one that you could obviously spend a whole episode talking about, Scott, get d- diving into that tax assumption and all the assumptions that go into taxes. We could probably come up with several that people come into your office with and yes. break those down. But we won't make this show all about taxes. Let's, no. let's move on to another category. Uh, this one's an interesting one. This one takes us in a different direction. But let's say, and I'm sure you've had this happen before, folks will say, you know, I, I assume I need to help my kids get through college before I really start worrying about saving for retirement, and even if they've already been saving for retirement, just really even just the part where it's before I just start worrying about my own retirement. They're, they they want to help the kids out, which is it's kind of a noble assumption, right? It's it's very noble, but that 
the reason that's a kind of age old wisdom is that the sooner you start, the easier it is, especially when it comes to saving and compound interest. You know, if you save a little bit for a much longer period of time, starting when you're younger, it makes the heavy lifting on the back end easier. And so, again, you know, there, there's no such thing as financial aid for retirement. And so, you know, it's great if you want to help your kids, but make sure you're not sabotaging yourself in the process. You know, student loan debt can be a burden, but mom and dad being a financial liability later in life is a bigger burden. And so you need to balance those things out. I can tell you a lot of people that wait until their kids are out of college, you know, before they start saving are really behind. I would say one of the successful things that our clientele does, you know, people that we take care of, they were lifelong savers. They maybe they didn't save a lot or a tremendous amount in their early years, but they committed to that habit and that process. And as things improved, they increased their rate of saving. So when they got a bonus or a raise, they didn't increase their lifestyle, they increased their saving. So that habit of being a saver is extremely important. And the sooner you do it, the better off you are. That's a really interesting one. And um, I'm again, we could plug in not just college, but helping the kids after college. You know, they stay on the health care for a, a long time now, for a couple of years after the college years. There's other ways that they stay on the payroll, even beyond just the college years. And so I feel like we could have that same discussion around those elements. And it probably launches you, Scott, into some deeper conversations with clients as well. This just scratches the surface of some of those family dynamics things and then uh, leads you on to even deeper discussions from there. Uh, last one to mention for the moment here, Scott, things that you should never assume in retirement. Never assume that you'll never be able to retire. And I know some folks who had this assumption. They were this, I'm going to be working forever. I'm, I'll never be able to retire. And there was no reasoning behind it. For some reason, it's like the default assumption for some folks. Yeah, And, and I think that comes from not having a solid plan or even some sort of plan. And what I see is that where people really get start to get nervous is, you know, they're getting, you know, get to the age of 50, which I'm not that far away from. And they feel way behind you know, going back to what we talked about, you know, paying for school, things like that. Well, the, in today's world, it's very easy to spend a lot more money on children through sports activities and junior high, high school, college, you know, depending on what school they go to. So a lot of cash is going out the door for those types of things. And not saying it's good or bad, you know, hopefully those are worthwhile things, but the government has set up what's called catch-up provisions. So if you're the age of 50 or over, they allow you to put more money away for retirement because why? The, the finish line is getting closer. And so if you're you know, don't fret when you get into your 50s. And if that's the first time you really started to be aggressive about your savings, you've got to do what you can do. And we've got to make sure that what your expectations are about retirement, what you're able to do, match your current savings level and what your potential projected savings level looks like. You know, how much cash flow are you going to be able to produce? in retirement. Once you have a good idea of what path you're on, then you can make some decisions. Do you become more aggressive at saving? Do you decrease your current spending? Do you work a little bit longer full-time? Do you work part-time at some point? There are all these different strategies that you can use to keep cash flow coming, 
into your bank account, your investment account. Um, but it's never too late to start. We just have have to have proper expectations of what are going to be able to do with the money that we have saved uh, at that point. All great points on the show today, Scott. And I think that's one that uh, is maybe the saddest assumption, the I'll never be able to retire crowd. Fortunately, we've got lots of stories that we could tell about people who had that assumption. And then we were able to prove it false and say, no, look, you you can. And all of a sudden they're setting a retirement date when they actually put pen to paper, so to speak, and get that plan together. And so if you've made one of these assumptions about retirement, you know, don't fall into that category of making the wrong assumptions. You make a wrong assumption about a couple of different things and your plan's way off track. And then maybe it becomes reality that you can't retire. But it was because you made those assumptions instead of getting the facts about your plan and your portfolio. If you want to get in touch with Scott, talk a little bit more about your plan, get a complimentary review of your financial situation, you can do that very easily. You can get in touch by calling Scott at 913-393-4724. That's 913-393-4724. Or lots of information available for you and ways to get in touch on listentoscott.com as well. That's listentoscott.com. Scott, appreciate the help and the guidance on the show today as always. And uh, we will be careful not to assume Anything else? I, I assume, though, that you're a pretty good cook based on the story you told to start our show today. I think that's a safe assumption. That, and probably only that is a safe assumption <laughs> for today's purposes. For today's purposes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Very good, sir. Well, have a good one. And uh, I'm licking my chops to uh, try some chops this weekend with that reverse sear style. That should be fun. Sounds good, Walter. Have a good one. You too. That's Scott. I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time on Your Retirement Elevated. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.